Hey, you did it. You made it. Welcome back. It's Fly Penguins Fly, episode 43. I'm your host, Jeff Taylor. I'm just a huge Pittsburgh Penguins fan who created this Penguins podcast for you, for me, for the fans. Throw me a follow on Instagram, at Fly Penguins Fly, and on Twitter, at Pens Pod. Today's date is Thursday, January 27th, and tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, The puck drops on the Seattle Kraken versus your Pittsburgh Penguins. I mentioned the West Coast timing, particularly because we've got some very special interviews for you today. Uh, Not just one, but two awesome Seattleites, living, breathing uh, hockey fans and personalities living in and around the greater Kraken universe in the Pacific Northwest. We will have Josh Bicknees, who's a big Kraken fan and also a healthcare worker in the Seattle area, who's able to spare a few minutes and join the podcast, as well as Harper Schneider, a volunteer coach with the Seattle Kraken's Junior Squid Program. Uh, That's one that offers a chance for really young kids to get out there and experience ice hockey on great quality sheets of ice, learning from folks who are deeply passionate about the sport. couple things before we start into those interviews. On Tuesday night, as I sat with my good friend Carl in the Prudential Center, watching uh, the Dallas Stars kind of toy with the New Jersey Devils. About 360 miles directly west of where we sat, the Penguins were busy with Phil Kessel and the Coyotes. Well, to be fair, Kessel wasn't really keeping the Penguins very busy, and the Penguins didn't really start playing until uh, the second period. I'll discuss that uh, a little further with, uh, with Josh, who comes on the podcast momentarily. But there was nary a major doubt as to the outcome of that one. Sidney Crosby continuing to roll, setting up Brian Rust uh, with the clairvoyant between-the-legs pass at about 11.31 in the second period. All right, there's the goal horn from PPG Paints Arena. Listeners of this podcast will know that means it is time for me to announce tonight's starting goaltender for your Pittsburgh Penguins. It will be... Somebody else who performed quite well in the game against the Coyotes, number 35, Tristan Jari. And where was I? Oh, yeah, so the Penguins get past the Coyotes on Tuesday night, 6-3. And let's get right into the interview I did uh, earlier today with big Seattle Kraken fan coming to us live from the Pacific Northwest, Josh Bicknees. And, you know, you might be tired of hearing about it, but for the rest of us out here that are not in healthcare. Uh, to you and your coworkers, all that you're doing throughout the pandemic to make life livable. Thank you so much. Thank you. So tell me, what's it been like uh, as a new Seattle Kraken fan in this brand new market in the NHL? Uh, man, it's it's been awesome. It's kind of been like a roller coaster ride. You know, it's all it's all been waiting, and then finally it's upon us. It was just awesome to be there at the first game and see the puck drop, and just been enjoying it since. Yeah, and what, what's the atmosphere like out there at the at Climate Pledge Arena? It seems like a beautiful place. I've done, like somebody posted a whole YouTube-based virtual walkthrough. I put it on one night while I was cooking out of the corner of my eye. I kind of got to do a little bit of a walkthrough through the whole place. From the concourse uh, out there to the, with the big LED screens to that enormous living wall of plant life in the, in the one lounge area, it just seems like an incredible place to watch hockey. Uh, it's amazing. There's not a, a bad seat in the house, really. Um, I've seen it from probably four different seats already and every view is awesome there. Uh, the pregame shows, 
started off kind of, you know, pretty generic and now they've really stepped that up and it's, it's an event. Totally. And now here's, here's an arena specific question before, before we get to any actual hockey stuff. So when that Washington state ferry foghorn goes off, when the Kraken score a goal, just how loud is it in there? It's loud. It's probably the loudest horn I've heard at a, at any hockey event. I mean, maybe not as loud as the cannon at uh, Columbus, but it's pretty loud. Yeah, we got to ride the ferry out from one of the islands back to the Seattle side, my wife and I, when we were out there in the spring. And even just getting that little taste of life commuting in that manner across water, not super typical in the contiguous U.S. How much do you feel like cracking country, per se, expands out through the islands, like perhaps up? across the border into Canada. I would imagine that there might even be some former Canucks fans who uh, who latched onto the new Seattle franchise and might just be tired of following the whales looking for looking for a new wagon. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I guess our media market, it goes all the way up into Alaska, you know, and and, and uh, like Seattle, they've definitely tried to brand it, not ju- even though they're called Seattle, they're technically like the Pacific Northwest team. Totally. And so all, everybody's kind of latched onto them because no one wants to be, you know, a Sharks fan, you know, <laughs> from the Pacific Northwest. They're like, no, we don't like California in any sport. So it's kind of, you know, so we got Portland, we got Idaho, we got all those surrounding areas. Yeah. How much do you feel, and this is obviously coming from the Penguins fan perspective, uh, you know, the expansion draft comes into play and most notably or most infamously for us, number 13 Brandon Tanev ends up becoming sort of the franchise face in a way for the Seattle Kraken. He comes in, is just instantly a beloved character, just like he was in Pittsburgh. I happened to click over the night uh, that they played the Oilers, the Kraken did, and uh, I saw that that play that it, as it happened. I've seen Brandon take and give plenty of hits of that nature. So when he stood up and winced in pain, I thought, boy, this this does not look good. He does not normally... Uh, or typically show pain on his face. And, and sure enough, out he goes for the season. As a fan of the Kraken, how much do you feel that his absence has hurt the team? I don't think it's good because it, it seems like they don't have that energy, that swagger that he has. And when he's on the ice, you know, even when he's not scoring, you know, he brings excitement to the crowd. His hits, how he plays, like you always feel like he's given 110% and not having that on the ice for a shift. It's it's definitely not the same because even if you're losing, at least he makes it exciting to watch still. And I think the teammates kind the teammates sees always given a hundred hundred percent out there. So it's been a definitely down. It's a, probably my favorite player on the team to watch. And thanks for Jared McCann too. He's leading our team in goals. Yeah, as you were as you were saying before we started recording. Well, he's been awesome to watch on the power play. I mean, he's leading our team in power play goals, and uh, I thought it was kind of a. A nice move, and you guys tried to trade him to Toronto to keep us from getting him. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think for, anybody ever thought Jared was going to play a game uh, for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I'm just glad we didn't get Kerfoot out of it. I'd take Jared McCann over him any day. <laughs> so, and that's what everybody else was saying would be the guy if they didn't make that trade. So, technically, our two best players on our team we got from you guys. Man, that one timer bomb power play goal he had a, a glove side the other night, just tremendous. So he's been he's been fun to watch. Yeah. Well, Canner's been going on a tear for the Kraken, uh, generating ton of offense. As far as Turbo Tanev, he's just an inimitable presence. Nobody, nobody's really like him. 
And uh, as fun as he is to watch, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. I don't want to keep you any longer from your work. And I hope this isn't the last time that you join me on the podcast. Well, hopefully uh, your goalies play as good tonight as they did against Arizona last night. Yeah. Yeah, that one on Tuesday was like, man, first period, Penguins are like the sleeping giant with the coyotes buzzing in their ears, kind of going, don't wake me up. Don't. Second period, though, Pens came out, got their legs going, and from that point on, it just kind of felt like the coyotes are not going to upset this night for, for Pittsburgh. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming on. All right, man. Well, good luck. Not too much tonight. Well, there you have it. You're never going to get a wish of actual success for your team when you are talking hockey with a fan of the opposing squad, which that's the way it should be, right? Shout out to my friend Peggy Jariga, another healthcare worker and friend of mine in the greater Seattle area for setting up that interview with Josh. And speaking of Josh, friend of the show, Josh Yoey, this morning in The Athletic, uh, writes about some trade talks. Chris Letang has been paid $7.25 million per year for the past eight years. Look, I understand there's a market. I understand that Chris Letang is playing awesome hockey, 37 points in 38 games. That's absolutely killer. It really is. But if he pulls a Canadian sweater over his head, I am going to... Look, I know that remaining with Malkin and Crosby, Penguins fans know this, uh, to remain with Malkin and Crosby and finish his career in Pittsburgh would mean a lot to Chris Letang. Maybe it wouldn't mean the world, though. Because the world is analogous to the market, and as much as Penguins fans like myself don't want to hear it, Chris Letang would get over it pretty quickly, I would imagine, if he had to move teams in order to make a couple million extra dollars per season. Sure, he's in great shape, but it's by design, right? He's always a super fit guy, always works on his game, sure. But he's making a run at something right now, and it's not just a run at the Stanley Cup. As much as I wish that I had his ear for a moment just to say, hey, Chris, 7.25 for eight years, that's, that's what, $58 million? Just like your number, Chris. You did it. Now stay the home until you guys can capture another Penguin Stanley Cup. Come on, man. But I don't have his ear. And this is not a kid's movie. This is the future of the Latang legacy, the Latang family. And he's going to make it as bright as possible given the market. So yeah, basing this segment on that fantastic article earlier by Josh Yoey, as I've said in the past, uh, The Athletic is a really expansive, befuddlingly affordable sports media platform that gives you a ton. Uh, unpaid plug, um, would you still listen to the podcast if I did a couple of ads uh, during it? You would, right? You'd keep listening. All right, so I'm going to get right into what's basically going to be the final segment of today's episode, an interview with a new friend of mine in the hockey world. This is Harper Schneider. He's a volunteer coach with the Junior Squid Hockey Program out in Seattle, which is part of the greater Seattle Kraken organization. And I think you'll dig the chat that we had. He's a really cool young guy with a deep hockey background, and I had a good time chatting with him. How's it going? Yeah, Coach Harper, what's going on? How are you out there? <laughs> Doing good. Good to be on. Yeah, it's good to have you. And, you know, tonight, obviously, the occasion being that the Kraken visit the Pittsburgh Penguins for a 7.07 p.m. East Coast, 4.07 p.m. Pacific puck drop. Um, you know, this would have been the night for Turbo Brendan Tanev's uh, video up on the big screen, I think. Oh, PP yeah. PPG Paints Arena. It doesn't happen tonight because <laughs> of the uh, 
because of the season ending injury. Um, but, you know, I want to get to NHL things, but also what I'm really fascinated by is that our, our mutual friend, Jeff hooked us up. You, you, you coach younger folks, the six to nine, the junior squid is the, is the program. Uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to use the junior squid logo for today's podcast. It's just too adorable. Um, what's it been like for you having an opportunity to welcome in, usher in, guide this new generation of, of Kraken fans? I mean, that's really, how can they be local Seattleite hockey kids and not be rooting for the Kraken? How overwhelming has it been that the influx of enthusiasm about this sport? You know, it's been, it's been really great, actually. It's like all these little youth kids, you're like pretty much just trying to get them to keep playing hockey so it's very energetic excited environment it's not too too intense for them as they're four-year-olds um sure sure. but yeah they're just super stoked they're out there in their tanf kraken jerseys alexiak jerseys you know oh yeah um yeah it's just it's a great time and it's really fun to be part of so so you mentioned four so does it go as young as four years old yeah there's a lot of four-year-olds out there boys and girls all together just doing their thing and are they rocking the the, what do you call it? It looks like the a, stroller. A, no, the stroller. not even. They're skating around. They're yeah, just they on sticks, their own power. They're, yeah, they're skating around fast. They're like they're like me <laughs> at forty years old trying to play, and the guy and my buddies just say, "Dude, just tripod. You're fine." Like <laughs> yeah, use pizza the pizza stop. You'll be good. Yeah. So so yeah, and and to rewind for a second, I mean, you've been playing hockey for a long time yourself. I mean, you you played for a double A team that won the state championship. You guys qualified for a chance to compete nationally. Obviously, like with so many other things, the pandemic rained on on that that opportunity. But now you have this chance to actually foster these young kids. Um, is it an emo- is it emotional for you to some extent to look at you know what your team what your team had a chance to do in that moment versus how things went? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, kind of like when my season got cut off, it there wasn't a way to play hockey. You're in a like you're in a plastic bag pretty much when you're in an ice rink. So it's like there just isn't a possibility of doing it. Um, yeah, so I had I had like a year, a year and a half break pretty much where there was no ice time. I wasn't playing, and then I found this opportunity. I needed some service hours, and I was like, this is like fantastic. Like teaching little kids that are going to grow up in like the Kraken community. Like I just wish that was me, honestly. So it's kind of like, that's part of the whole reason It's just to help them grow, but also kind of like to see and be a part of the association and just kind of see how Seattle men's to NHL hockey. Hmm. And has it occurred to you while you're out there with these kids looking around you and seeing this brand new emblem that you essentially helped so into that fabric first of all just like the community iceplex is it's i mean it's state of the art it's the newest ice rink there has been in a long time in seattle and i mean three sheets of ice that are like 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 they're perfect you know and in the past i've been skating on ice that the corners dip and the puck can go out and you know so it's, it's good to just like really see a kind of a new state-of-the-art facility that's going to help all these kids grow up and hopefully play better hockey than I did, you know? A literal investment 
in the future of the sport in, in your city, in a major yeah, city yeah. In, in, in the United States. Yeah. When, yeah. I, when I was last out there, I, I looked to see if there was an opportunity for me to grab some skates and go. And I think I was in Port Townsend at the time. The closest rink was in Bremerton. And oh, yeah. it wasn't open that day. And then the other one I could have gone to was like in Bellevue, but it was winter only and it wasn't winter. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I bet that rink you're describing, and that's where the crack in practice as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so that, I, I'll teach on those same, on that same ice. How cool is that? Yeah. So that would, that wouldn't have been something really available to the public. Do you get, do they have any public sessions at the Iceplex or is that all through program? They do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they, they have do? a bunch. There's like, there's stick and pucks and there's, um, there's like a free skate. Oh, cool. And during game days, they have a big screen up and you can watch the game as you skate around. No way. Sweet. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. There's nothing like that. As people who listen to the podcast know, I live in the devil's market and, uh, there are plenty of rinks around here, but, uh, now I finally know what you mean about the quality of ice because I showed up for pickup hockey the other night and there's just a lake behind one of the goals and the yeah, space yeah, yeah. the space between the goal and the boards was like about a body's width. <laughs> um, and big ups to the Old Bridge, New Jersey ice arena. We love playing there and especially the colder it's gotten. Half of it's open and the forest is right there. It's, it it's going to be snowing t tomorrow night when we go out there according to the forecast. I'm pretty excited for that. I'll send you some pics. Uh, you're like, yeah, I'd really love to see some pics of your 40-plus-year-old <laughs> hockey session. Um, wow. So that, so where, what I was getting at before, what I'm so interested in for you pers like specifically is have you thought to yourself, like, maybe there's some kind of unpredictable future for me in this greater Kraken universe and organization? Is that something that's crossed your mind? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Um I definitely thought about it because it's super fun to be able to skate first off and skate with young kids. I really enjoy it. Um, I definitely would like to do some traveling first and pursue some other things. Yeah. But uh, hockey is still in the mind for sure. Yeah. And ha have you been able to catch a fair amount of Kraken games at Climate Pledge Arena while you've been uh, while you've been out there? Oh yeah, my family's season ticket holders, so I've been to uh, I think six or so so far. And what what stands out as one of the more memorable matchups so far that you've seen? Well, with me going to the game, I'm 0-6. I haven't seen a win yet. Uh, I think I'm bad luck. But what stands out is the energy for sure. At that first inaugural game, it was like my ears were bleeding. It was just like the sound was so crazy in there. And everybody was so pumped. And was it Ryan Donato with the first ever? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Ryan Donato and that goal horn. Uh, boy, the story of that thing coming right off the ship and out <laughs> of the Washington State Ferry Museum or something. And yeah, yeah. it's bolted into the works up in the rafters and it goes off and it's got this big, deep, powerful sound. Yeah. It must just be worth the trip alone to hear that thing go off. Oh, yeah. I mean, the goals are by by far the best. Everybody, you're given chest bumps, high fives, people you don't even know. It's just like such a good environment. This won't really make Kraken country feel any better, probably, but I'm going to say it. I think there's almost a better omen to having a tougher start than Vegas did. They come out of the gates and go straight to the Stanley Cup final the way the draft was handled and the way things were kind of 
marionetted at that time was to make them really strong. And things were handled a little bit differently this time. It, it's it's a real, ex- I don't want to take anything away from the Golden Knights. They did great coming out of the gates. But the Kraken are taking their, their lumps in the first season. You know, I think it's 4-10-1 in the last 15 games or something like that. It just, it makes it feel to me like if the horn sounds at the end of the season and the Kraken, let's say, barely make the playoffs or miss the playoffs and go home for the offseason, boy, when you all come back for game one of the next season and get a few wins strung together, you're going you're gonna to own that. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll, uh, maybe we'll get to catch a game together at some point when, when I come great. out next time, yeah. I, I want to hear more as we go on. I hope you'll be down to come back on the podcast as the Penguins face the Kraken or in some other sure. circumstance, you know, maybe maybe just some other hockey-related uh, uh, circumstance. Let's, let's stay in touch. Yeah, I would love to. And there it was, a nice chat with Harper Schneider. Earlier in the program, we had Josh Bicknees. Uh, for the introduction to Harper, I want to thank Jeff Stanfield, a good friend of mine in the music sphere. Uh, and for the introduction to Josh Big Knees, Peggy Chiriga, another good friend of mine, uh, for those for those introductions. Thank you guys. Before we wrap things up, it appears that Drew O'Connor, a New Jersey native, grew up in the town right next to where I did, has suffered a collapsed lung, and that is why he has been out. Number ten will be back hopefully sooner than later, and more information on that is in, is available in an article I saw on Pensburg.com. Check that out. That is going to wrap things up for me on today's podcast. Throw me a follow on Instagram at FlyPenguinsFly, on Twitter at PensPod. And remember, if you've got a friend who needs to know about this awesome Pittsburgh Penguins podcast, please tell them about it. The more black and gold in the house, the better. All right, Penguins fans, you can watch tonight's game on AT&TSN in the Pittsburgh area, as well as on Root Sports West out near Seattle. ESPN Plus everywhere else, one of my favorite ways to tune in via terrestrial radio or on the web at 105.9 X FM, enjoy tonight's game versus the Seattle Kraken. And, of course, <laughs> let's go Pens. <laughs>